Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast. I'm your host, Rita Join, And you know when you see something sad, like we see commercials, we hear of stories, we see on social media of an orphanage or, you know, a facility that's run down or refugees or a cause that really pulls at your heart. And you just think to yourself, dear God, I wish I could do something. And it's an absolute honor today to have someone who has actually done exactly that, has seen a cause, has seen a problem, and didn't just throw, I mean, it's fine to give money, but he actually created a solution to help people. And so my guest today was in an orphanage in Kenya, which, and I love this story. He was in an orphanage in Kenya and realized that a lot of people or a lot of kids didn't have shoes or shoes that were broken or run down or just kind of wearing them for the sake of them. And he thought of an idea of, well, what if I could create a shoe that grows? Like, can you imagine? So that the shoe grows with the child. And so it took six years and now he's got what's called the shoe that grows. He's the founder of Because International. The shoe expands five sizes and lasts for years. Years. And I just think exceptional, exceptional, exceptional. Kenton Lee, welcome to Unbox Your Gift. Well, thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be chatting with you. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited about the work that we're doing. So it uh, really is just an honor uh, to be able to share a little bit more. I love uh, going deeper into our story and, and uh, getting to share more than just what's at the surface. So I'm really excited for our conversation today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I want to know that before I launch in, I've always wanted to know, how does it feel doing the work that you do, helping people at the grassroots, the orphans? How does that really feel? <laughs> you know, it, it's, yeah, it feels, um, it feels incredible to, to be doing something um, to, to try to, what, what we say is we're just trying to help these kids be in a better spot to succeed. Mm. Um, we're not solving every problem for them. We're not fixing everything. Um, we're not giving them everything they need. You know, we're really not. We're, we're focused on um, using innovation to make a difference. And our, our first product is uh, a growing shoe. And so we're, we're getting them an incredible pair of shoes that can help keep them a little bit more healthy and attending school more often and a little more confident. Um, and that, and to me, that feels incredible because I know that even though it's a small thing, it does make a difference. Mm. And I was able to, I've been able to see that in my life experiences as I've worked um, personally uh, in Ecuador, in Africa, in, in a few other countries, be able to work with kids and see the difference that small acts of compassion can make for them. Uh, see the difference that, um, you know, one person or, or one one resource or one action can can really make a big difference in the life of a child and and that's what it's all about like i i have kids myself i want them to be in a place where they can succeed and it's just you know on behalf of the world you know trying to do what we can so that every kid has as many chances to succeed as possible and in that way it, it really feels great to be a part of that um it also uh without sounding um un, un, i don't know ungrateful or something it's a it's a big responsibility and and uh, so i'm always thinking of how can i work harder how can i work smarter how you know what's next you know i i try not to 
um, sit back and, and uh, enjoy it too much, I guess. You know, we're, my, my team and I, we're always thinking about, you know, how can we help more? How can we squeeze more impact out of our, out of our, uh, our shoe idea and other ideas that we're working on? Because uh, it's, it's a never-ending uh, journey to try to, to try to help. And, and it does feel great. Um, but it's, uh, you never quite feel satisfied because there's always, there's always more to do. And, and that's a good thing to mm -hmm. always wanting, always wanting to be, to be doing more. That's and, uh, and yeah, anyway, so, but it really, it's, it's exciting to be living wow. into your passion. Um, I hope that you're doing the same. It, it seems like you're, you're passionate about what you're doing and that's incredible. Um, I think whether you're a plumber or a banker or, you know, whatever you're doing, as long as you feel like that's your best self and your best work and you're living into it, um, you know, you can, you can be uh, anything and hopefully be making a difference in the lives of those around you and, and hopefully in the lives of those around the world too. Absolutely. So let me take you back, Kenton, because I'm interested just how to see for our listeners that are listening, I want to paint the picture of how the journey starts because it's great to know because you're at an extraordinary time where you've created the product, the shoe that grows. It's helping thousands of orphans around uh, developing countries. But let's take it back to where it all began, where the mountain was really high, right? The mountain still exists, but this sure. mountain of the actual shoe that grows, you've conquered. So can we go back to why did you choose Kenya and why did you choose to stay at an orphanage? Yeah, so you know what happened for me was, uh, this was 10 years ago, I had just graduated college, or, or was just about to graduate college, and my longtime girlfriend uh, broke up with me, oh. and I got um, very sad, <laughs> and then uh, very mad, and I, I didn't even want to be in the same country as her, and so I, wow. so I, I decided to go travel, I decided to, to see the world, and just kind of get out for a little bit. Um, I, I'd been interested in, in seeing the world kind of anyway, but um, this particular girl uh, uh, breaking up with me really was the, the, the motivation for me to actually get out and do it. So I lived in Ecuador for six months and then in Kenya for six months. Uh, the reason I chose Kenya was just I, I wanted to go to Africa. Um, I had a few connections there that um, uh, essentially this orphanage was able to connect with them and seemed like a good opportunity to go serve. Um, but I could have picked any country. I just really wanted to um, have an African experience, wanted to see the, the culture and the people and really see the issues um, kind of firsthand. I'd seen a lot of things online and, uh, and on, on TV. And so I wanted to, to see it personally. And then the orphanage was just, uh, just an amazing connection and experience. Um, they really needed some volunteers to come in and help out and um, I was able to uh, teach uh, a couple little classes in their school, was able to do some uh, manual work around the orphanage, and then really spent about half my time just kind of playing with the kids and being there with these kids. There were 140 kids of all ages um, at this particular orphanage uh, right outside of Nairobi. It was just an incredible experience. Um, I got to see what life was like uh, firsthand for them. and. And then with that, I was able to have this inspiration for an idea um, because I, I, I was fortunate enough to be there. You know, I was really- How did the idea strike, Kenton? How did the idea come, like a shoe that grows? It's like, 
in, like inconceivable. How did that idea spring to mind? Yeah, so I'm I'm not an idea guy. This is the only idea I've ever had, and uh, you know I'm I'm not a I'm not an engineer. Uh, you know I don't like to tinker with things, um, and I don't really care about shoes that much. Or I used to not care about shoes that much. I, I wasn't huge into you know fashion and like noticing people's clothes all the time or whatever. But but it was about a month into my time at the orphanage. And uh, we were walking one day, all the kids and I were walking to church, actually, and uh, on this dusty road, and, and it was, I remember it was a very hot day, and there was a little girl, probably eight or nine years old, uh, walking next to me, and I'll never forget, she had on this really pretty white dress, and as I looked down, I was just shocked when I noticed how small her shoes were for her feet. I don't know why I hadn't noticed this before, but she was wearing these shoes that she had to cut open the front to let her toes stick out. Uh, the shoes were just way too small. And I remember one of my first thoughts was kind of an American uh, thought was, why is she wearing this pair of shoes? She needs to put on another pair of shoes. You know, these don't fit anymore. Um, but of course she didn't have another pair. That's why she was doing that. And, and so, you know, that day I talked to the, the orphanage director um, because I'd seen a lot of other kids who either had no shoes or had on, you know, broken shoes or shoes that just didn't fit anymore. I asked the director, you know, why do so many kids have shoes that don't fit? He said more than a year before they'd received a shipment, a great shipment of donated clothes and shoes and things, but they had not received any anything else since then. And they were a very poor orphanage. They They really barely had enough money for food. So he said, we can't buy them new shoes every time their feet grow. And then he said something that I didn't really understand until that moment. He said, they're kids, you know, their feet are growing all the time. And I, I didn't have it. I didn't have any kids of my own at that time. I was just out of college. And so when he said that, I immediately thought, well, boy, that'd be nice if there was a pair of shoes that could uh, adjust and expand their size. Like that'd be, that'd be nice if there was a pair of shoes that could grow. It would make a lot of sense for these kids. And then I uh, wrote it down. I, I always I like the journal and stuff, so I wrote it down. But really, the main motivation from the very beginning was I'd, I'd become friends with these kids, and and they really I wanted to see them succeed. And mm. I felt like a growing shoe would make more sense for them and put them in a little better spot to succeed and to and just be a good kind of resource in their life. And so that was my main motivation that motivated me during the six years when I was working on this. And even now that we're serving, you know, thousands and thousands of kids, that's still our main motivation. We just feel like a shoe that grows uh, makes a lot of sense for a lot of kids around the world. Well, it totally does make sense. So now that you've got the idea and it struck you, well, wouldn't it be nice if there was a shoe that grows? It's absolutely incredible. How did you go about so what was step one step? Because if someone's got an idea right now or someone's about to have an idea, how did you go about even like expressing this design? Because it's, it's, no, it's not in the market. It hasn't, no one's heard of it. Bless you. Bless you. Um, how are you supposed to, how did you actually go about designing it and then testing it? How did, what was the steps for God's sake? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure I'm not the blueprint for how to do it right. But, uh, you know, one, one good thing I did when I got back home, <clears throat> I, I uh, grabbed a few friends and uh, told them about it. And I, I wanted to make sure I didn't, didn't try to jump in alone. But, you know, the first thing we did after that, um, 
we didn't know, my friends and I didn't know a thing about how to make a shoe, how to design a shoe at all. And so we tried to just give the idea away. We, we didn't care who did it. We just wanted someone to do it. So I actually contacted um, all the major shoe companies, probably talked to about 30 different shoe companies, just trying to give them the idea uh, for free. I didn't, I didn't want anything for it. I just wanted someone to do it. And uh, everybody said no. And, and some of them said, you know, not a good idea, not going to work. You know stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so, not gonna work. Yeah. Yeah, and so so then I tried it by myself. I thought, you know, if they're not gonna help, then I'll just try it. And so I went out in the garage and uh, you know bought some uh, cheap shoes and just started kind of cutting them up and piecing them together, trying to make a, a prototype of some kind. And uh, I quickly realized I could not do that by myself. I just I really was spinning my wheels. I just didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I, I knew that the big guys didn't want to help us, but I knew I couldn't do it alone. And so it took me a little while, but I finally found a small uh, shoe development design company uh, from Portland, Oregon, and uh, told them what we were trying to do. They loved it. They loved what we were trying to do. Uh, entered into a relationship with them. They took us on about a year-long design um, kind of journey and uh, came out on the other end with a really good prototype. And then we did some fundraising. We were able to make uh, 100 pairs of our prototype. And I took them uh, back to Kenya, put them in four different schools, had kids try them out for about a year, got some really good feedback. And then, and then we were able to make our first official batch of uh, 3,000 pairs of the shoe that grows. But uh, again, I don't know if I did it you know, the right way. I, I think some of the things that really did help, um, grabbing a few people to help you, uh, because even just uh, just emotionally, just personally, um, having some support. Because there's there are always ups and downs. Mm. Um, I remember, you know, thinking about giving up a few times, wondering if this was was worth it. You know, worth the time, worth the effort. Um, and uh, so it was nice to have a few friends to help out. And the other thing was just, you know, some things I really couldn't do by myself. Mm. And even though it cost some money. Um, I, it, it was worth it to pay somebody who knew what they were doing to, to come help in, in certain areas. Some, some ways, some things I could bootstrap and do myself or use kind of volunteers, you know, social media, a website, a few other things. I, I grabbed some people to help me, but our shoe design, we could not do that by ourselves. So that was, that was money well spent to have, uh, this, this, uh, company help us. And then just the, the last thing I'll say is um, just getting it tested. You know, if, if someone out there has a great idea, whether it's a product or a service or, you know, something uh, with, within uh, technology, something digital, um, making a minimum viable product, making at least something so that people can try it and then having them try it and getting feedback, you know, whether that's good or bad, uh, that really makes a big difference to know where you need to take your product. Um, we, we put out what I thought at the time was a really good prototype. Um, as I look back now, it was not a very good prototype, but, um, but it got, it got us to the next step. You know, we, we had, had kids wear it for a year, got good feedback that enabled us to make a first batch of 3000 pairs. Those shoes still weren't perfect, but it got us to the next step where we made another batch and kept it improving and improving and improving our product. Um, but we we really had an intentional focus on testing and getting feedback and making sure that we were committed to making the best product that we could make 
and that meant uh, you know hearing that negative feedback, hearing hearing those comments about your baby, you know my my shoes they were they were my baby for years and years, and I had to let other people kind of tear them down so that we could make it even better. So that's just a little advice from our story, but uh, it was uh, it was a long six years. I won't lie about that. You know it uh, it did take a long time, and and there were a lot of ups and downs. Um, but in the end. I was happy to do it because I was passionate about it. Mm. And it didn't matter if it was a big shoe company or whoever, like for people to tell me I, that it wasn't a good idea, um, I just didn't agree with them. <laughs> like I, I saw it firsthand. I was there at the orphanage. I saw these kids. I saw the, the situation where they're outgrowing shoes and they don't have an option to purchase anymore or, or receive anymore. And I knew it was a good idea to try to make a shoe that could grow. Like nobody could convince me it wasn't a good idea. And I think that's really important for anybody who does have a unique idea, something new, something innovative. Um, if you've got that kind of experience, like you've seen it, you know firsthand, this is a solution to a problem. Um, go for it. You know, keep going. Don't quit. You can do it. See, it's interesting that you say that, Kenton, because, um, God, it's a, where do I start? There's so much to ask you. First of all, in this process of the six-year journey, were you, because if someone's listening right now, were you, uh, how are you funding it? Like, how did you support yourself in all of this? Because you're trying to make a shoe that grows. You've probably got, you know, under the wing of another manufacturer who's showing you design. How do you support yourself in all of this? Yeah, so I, I probably did what a lot of entrepreneurs do when they get started. I had a different full-time job. Okay. Um, I was working working at a university, um, you know, during the day. And uh, luckily, it was a little bit of a flexible job, so that was kind of nice. But yeah, had a different full-time job and had, you know, kind of all the, the life things that are happening. I, I was dating at the time and, and, and uh, got engaged and got married during those six years. And so you know, that, that relationship was important to me and was taking time. And, and really, even, even a few times, I remember thinking, is this worth the time? You know, I'm, I'm working. I've got, um, you know, her name's Nikki. So I've got Nikki that I, you know, want to spend time with. And, and I was kind of self-funding it um, as we got started. It, it was just something I was, I was happy to do it. I was passionate about it, but um, just, just trying to self-fund it and, or, or bootstrap as much as we could. Um, so there's definitely a uh, a cost to all of this. You know, if, if somebody wants to pursue their uh, their idea, something that they're passionate about, it's uh, you've got to carve out time. You've got to carve out energy, you know, nights and weekends and early mornings, whatever it might be. Um, it's uh, it's it's amazing to to look back on that time. Um, uh, I you know, but and, and for us, we were. Uh, you know, we didn't have any venture capital, you know, seed money or, or anything like that. It was just we, we, we had an idea and we were, we were constantly thinking about what is the next step? You know, okay, we, we need to get it designed. All right, we got it designed. We need to make a prototype. Okay, we've got a prototype. We need to test the prototype. You know, we weren't looking any further down the road than just the next step. That was really all we had, the money and effort and and time and 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 uh, even just business capacity. That's all I knew to look at 
was just the next step. So we didn't have a great strategic plan or anything like that. We just kept trying to, to take one step at a time. You know, I've heard um, there is a lady who, Susie Boutique, uh, Boutique, and I'm about to interview her. And she said to me that one of the things is she created Pupuri, which is a scent that captures, I don't know if you've heard of it. Have you heard of Pupuri? Yeah, yeah. She's created that. And she said to me that prior to starting, or she didn't actually say to me, but I heard her say that prior to starting Pupuri, everything, every idea she tried to create was like a dud. It didn't go anywhere. But then when she thought of poopery, she had a physical reaction in her body in that she felt this idea was going to work. Like there was a physical aha, because I can't explain it, but there's a physical moment in your body where you feel it. Did you have anything like that? To know that this idea I, Yeah, I wish I did. I, <laughs> I did not. I did not. I, uh, yeah, I, again, I, I was, I was, I was convinced it was a good idea and it made sense. I didn't know how to make it work, okay. um, but I, I really was convinced that a, a growing shoe made sense. You know, kids' mm. feet are growing all the time. That's a, that's a consistent thing mm. throughout history and will always be a consistent thing. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and yet shoes don't grow with them. You know, I, I just thought this makes sense. Like a, a growing shoe seems like a, a solution to a problem especially for kids who, who can't always afford uh, a new pair of shoes when their feet grow um, or, or orphanages or ministries or nonprofits who can't always guarantee uh, donated shoes can be available every time kids need them. So I thought it really made sense. The only problem was I didn't know how to make it happen. And, and so that's why it took six years to kind of figure it out. Um, but I, I wish I would have had a a physical reaction or a, a, a sign from above or something like that. Oh, uh, it, uh, and, and, you know, part of it for me, um, it, I, I enjoy, uh, it, it was fun, you know, like I, I enjoyed um, working on something that I felt could help the kids that I knew from the orphanage. So it was, it was personally a meaningful way for me from the United States to still kind of keep them in my life, keep them in my heart. Uh, it was it was a, a kind of a physical way for me to to still try to help them, even yeah. though I wasn't right there with them. So there was definitely some of that um, motivating me. But uh, and then part of it too, I'm um, my my mom would say, you know, I'm I'm pretty stubborn, and so I didn't like people telling me I couldn't do something. <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know that it's not going to work I didn't I didn't like that so uh, that really did motivate me sometimes to, to keep you. going was I don't I don't want to prove them wrong mm. and um, there's there's lots of different motivation that people can tap into um, but uh, yeah for me I, I didn't have any big special moments just uh, lots of lots of late nights and just kind of keeping on going incredible incredible now now, six years have passed, like, so for example, you went through the design, the prototype, you've taken it out, you've tested it, the kids are wearing it, you're happy, your first batch of 3,000 come out. Do you, now, because you're, you're full-time in the work now, because International is, is un, you know, is what you founded, is that right? Uh, yes, so our, our organization name is Because International, and then the shoe that grows is just our first project. We're excited to work on um, other innovative products uh, as well. But yeah, but the, the shoe that grows 
takes up the bulk of our work. And, and at that time, um, it was taking up, uh, you know, 100% of our work. Yeah. So is it a social enterprise now that you have running? At, because international, is that a social enterprise? Uh, yeah, essentially. So we're, we're registered as a nonprofit organization here in the States, um, but we essentially uh, operate as a social enterprise. So we, we do receive some of our funding from donations, uh, general donations, but uh, most of our funding comes from the sale of our shoes to what we call distribution partners. So uh, churches that work with kids, organizations that work with kids, uh, universities, rotary clubs, uh, whoever it might be, anybody working with kids, we try to connect with them so that they can purchase our shoes uh, and, and then essentially distribute the shoes to the kids that they work with. Oh, I love so, that. Okay. Yeah. These organizations are purchasing from you? Because yep. I, I thought you were just going to Africa, for example, and just distributing the shoes openly. Yeah, so essentially we decided pretty early on um, that we didn't want to recreate the wheel. Uh, there are already so many amazing organizations, churches, groups that, that work with kids. We felt like we didn't need to, to have our own distribution pipeline. So instead we thought we'll just connect with people already working with kids. Um, and that has, has gone so well. So we've, uh, we, we've worked with over a thousand different partners um, to get the shoes to the right kids because that's the other big part of it. I, I live in a state called Idaho, you know, here in the U.S. I don't know the kids in Nicaragua or Kenya or, um, you know, Ghana or, or wherever. I don't know the kids in those areas who need the shoes. And not every kid needs our shoes. You know, we want, we want uh, our shoes to be going to kids who are in desperate need of, of shoes to protect their feet. And so we love working with these groups because they do know the kids. You know, they work with these kids. They, uh, they know which, which kids are, are in need of shoes and, 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 you know, their sizes, their favorite colors. You know, they're able to um, hand deliver. In, in most cases, our, our shoes are going with people on, on trips to see these kids. And so they're hand delivering the shoes to the kids who need them the most. And, and we love, we love that model. But, but as we got started, even, um, I was still, uh, I was still work, working a different job. Uh, I was actually a, a pastor at that time. Um, so I was still, a, I was a full-time pastor and we had uh, 3000 pairs of shoes in our guest bedroom, uh, just floor to ceiling in our guest bedroom. And uh, for about a year, just kind of slowly got them out to, uh, to, to people I knew that were working with kids. Um, but then everything changed for us uh, three years ago in April of 2015. Uh, we weren't planning on it, but we accidentally went viral uh, yeah. online. Things took off and kind of overnight, um, everything changed. Wow. What did cha well, so what changed overnight? Yeah, so essentially uh, overnight we sold out of shoes. So the rest of the shoes I had, um, we sold out. We had uh, over $100,000 come in in, uh, in donations in, a in about two weeks. We had, I, I literally, the day we went viral, I had about 3,000 emails and about 500 phone calls, um, you know, to my cell phone. You know, that's all. <laughs> Uh, for, for our contact info. So it we really, really did. We had a couple of stories come out online about our growing shoes and, yeah. and kind of went viral. And so, um, so uh, luckily my best friend, his name is Andrew. Uh, he had been working a corporate job for about 10 years and he's just a, an amazing businessman. Uh, he quit his job to come help me uh, run things. Aww. So he was actually the first uh, full-time employee 
um, on our team. So he came in and really cleaned up a lot of my messes and, and fixed a lot of things to, to make us more sustainable. Um, and then a few months later, I, I stepped away from my, my, uh, my pastor job and, and uh, joined the team full time. So, so in the last three years since we went viral, we've distributed over 150,000 pairs of the shoe that grows to kids in, in almost 100 countries now. Uh, it's just been an incredible, incredible, unexpected journey uh, these last three years. And we're excited just to try to, you know, take the gift of the publicity that we've been given yeah. Yeah. and uh, and try to maximize it as much That's, as we can. Well, good on you. But what's interesting to me, Kenton, is what I read about the shoe that grows, I find it extraordinary anyway. But I'm wondering what was it about the whole situation in 2015 that went viral that didn't go viral before that? What happened in 2015? Good question. <laughs> you know, we, um, I, I think part of it was we, we, for six years, we didn't have a shoe, you know, we didn't have anything to, to, to show for it really. Um, and then once we did get our, our first batch, um, it just, I think took a little while to kind of, uh, gain a little traction. Um, but we, uh, we had a, just lots of little things, I think finally kind of added up to a, a really good uh, kind of a lucky break really for us again it wasn't anything we planned um we just got kind of lucky with a an, an article on buzzfeed actually that that came out about us and that that spawned just all these other articles and and then and then we were really um well the one the one thing i will say uh that i think really did help mm -hmm. um even though i had a different full-time job even mm -hmm. though you know life was busy um I, once we had our shoes, I had made kind of a, a, a mental promise to myself that, that I, I was willing to, to go anywhere, anytime, and, and talk to anybody about, about our shoes. Right. Um, anybody who asked me to talk about it, I was happy to do it. And, you know, that took me into nursing homes. Oh. That took me into, you know, elementary school classrooms. Um, I, would, I would talk to one person. I'd talk to three people. You know, I, I didn't I didn't just sit back and wait for, you know, the Today Show or, you know, the, mm. the, the big opportunity. Yeah. I was happy to, to talk to anybody who wanted to listen. Oh. And and really the way our story goes, one of those small conversations led to uh, led to the article with with BuzzFeed. And so I really think it was just a lot of small things right. and a lot of, uh, a lot of hustle, yeah. just really trying to, you know, just yeah. trying to do whatever I could to spread the word. Um, and that really did help us get to a point where kind of a tipping point. And then we, and then we got, caught a lucky break and got a big article and then have been able to, uh, to try to leverage that to really try to maximize all of that publicity. And, and, and every time we spread the word, good things happen. I like to say that. Um, we have amazing people that that hear our story, uh, you know, whether it's on a podcast or or see our see an article online or a video on Facebook, and and they are such amazing people because they will respond. Yeah. Uh, it it really does amaze me every time somebody makes a donation, or you know, writes us an email or gives us a call or tries to say, hey, I work with kids with this group. Let's try to get some of your shoes to our kids, you know. Anytime people reach out and respond after they hear our story, it just means the world to us because we can't do what we do without you. You know, we can't do what we do without people 
joining us to connect our shoes to the right kids and and to help support what we're doing and and to give us advice we're still really new at this you know we we need all the advice we can get so we just have an amazing group of supporters around us but it really started very small and we got a little lucky uh, but we've always kept our attitude of hustling we we respond to every email we return every phone call Um, we really honor the effort for people to reach out to us and we try to we try to always respond quickly and and try to really get people involved in what we're doing. Yeah, yes, you do, and I can testify to that. You definitely <laughs> do it out there. We try, we try. Absolutely. <laughs> now, it's interesting, I can't believe it's only been three years that you've been full-time in the, I just, wow, that's incredible. So, can anyone buy the shoes? Like, can I go online and like, if, if I wanted to buy, do, do your kids use the shoes? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, we, uh, we started as a nonprofit, um, and, and my kids aren't quite old enough yet. They just turned, uh, my little guy just turned four. Uh, little, my little girl is, is two. Uh, so we're, we're not, we don't quite have shoes that small yet. But, uh, but essentially, uh, we're a nonprofit, and our whole model is based on getting the shoe that grows um, to, uh, to kids who really need them and can't afford them, okay. um, you know, in, 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 a, in a charitable way, I guess. Um, but the last three years since we went viral, we've had people asking, you know, how could I buy these shoes for my kids or how could I buy these shoes for myself? And so we've always told people that's not really what we do. Um, but we had so many people ask that we finally did look into that possibility and actually very excited to announce um, that this summer in July. Uh, so what we did, we actually started a separate company, uh, a, a for-profit company that we call Grow5. So a, a separate for-profit company called Grow5. Yep. Uh, it's owned by the nonprofit. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll explain that in a second here. But uh, So our company Grow5 uh, is going to sell a growing shoe that we, we call the Expandal. So it's the expanding sandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so it's essentially the same as the shoe that grows. It grows five sizes. It can last for years. Uh, we, we added a few bells and whistles to make it a little more attractive, um, but, uh, but it's called the Expandal, and it is our commercial shoe. So this is a shoe that, um, you know, that I could buy for my kids when they're ready. This is a shoe that, that you could buy for yourself or you could buy for your kids. And, uh, and then with every purchase, um, every purchase of the Expandal through Grow5 will enable a donation pair, so one of the shoe that grows through Because International uh, to be donated to one of the kids that we work with. So uh, we're really excited. Um, Essentially, our mission is to get shoes to kids who need them. And truly, I never really wanted to do a commercial option um, because I really wanted to stay focused on our mission. But I was finally able to see, you know, hey, if we can sell a great pair of our shoes to someone who wants to buy them, and, and through that purchase, if we can be able to donate a pair, that's going to help get more shoes to more kids. Yes. And truly, these last couple of years, I've, I've kind of just fallen in love with our shoes. It's a great pair of shoes. Mm, I've and seen them. They're fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so if a, if a growing pair of shoes makes sense mm. for a, you know, a, a middle-class family in Australia or mm. you know, the UK or the US, like if that shoe would make sense for them and their budget and kind of who they are, um, I don't want to stop them, you know, so we, yeah. so we're really excited. We're launching with a Kickstarter in July 
for anybody who wants to be a part of that Kickstarter, uh, they can go right now to Grow, G-R-O, 5, F-I-V-E, so grow5.com, and they can sign up to get an early bird discount uh, on, uh, on the Expandle through our Kickstarter. Um, but we're very excited. So this summer will be the first time that people can buy a pair for themselves or their kids. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. How exciting. And if someone's listening, uh, Kenton, and they want to actually, they have access to a group of kids in developing countries, where can they go to make contact to purchase for growth? Yeah. 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 So the, the, the best place if anybody wants to, uh, yeah, help, help get connected to, uh, a group of kids that you work with, or or even if you don't work with kids or, or don't travel, you can donate to sponsor shoes that can go with other groups. So the best place for anything uh, with the shoe that grows is actually just theshoethatgrows.org. Um, that's our, our website that has all the information on how to be involved. Uh, it has ways to contact me if you'd love to ask me questions or connect with me or anybody else on our team. Again, we're always looking for advice. We're always looking for connections. We're always looking for ways that we can improve and that we can achieve our mission. Um, so for anybody who's interested, please go to theshoethatgrows.org and, uh, or, or just Google the shoe that grows and we're, we'll, we'll be right at the top. Uh, but we'd love to connect with anybody and everybody. So humble. I have to say, Kenton, speaking to you, you're such a down-to-earth guy. Such, and I wonder the success of the shoe. I know it took a long time. I know six years is, you know, in the world of entrepreneurship and online razzle-dazzle, things are happening. Like, you know, some people say, look, I did this and I did that. But it took, the time that it took, it's just outstanding what you've created. And I know you're just listening to you is totally inspiring me. And oh. what I find very 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 interesting about you is that you had moments and thank you for being so honest about this you had moments of i just don't want to is this worth it like i've got a i have a, a soon-to-be wife i've got a wife i've got a full-time job you know i do need a life outside of this what was the one thing that even when those moments came what got you over that hump yeah you know and, and i appreciate your your kind words that that means a lot my uh, I'm, I'm from a small town and uh my my dad uh, was a plumber and uh, just kind of grew up in a you know hardworking family, and mm. um, not a not a celebrity or from money or anything like that. So I, I appreciate your kind words. I I, uh, I hope I'm always just a, a, a kind of a down to earth guy. That's who I that's who I that's who I grew up being. So I hope I don't ever change that. But uh, you know what really kept me going? Um, it it really was, uh, it, and it took me a while to realize this actually. Um, somebody, I remember when we went viral, one of the interviews I did, somebody kind of asked me that, you know, what, what, what kept you going those six years? And I'd never really thought about it. I had, I had never been reflective on it. And so I thought about it. And what I have come to the conclusion is, um, for me, when I went to Kenya, uh, especially, I, you know, my, my girlfriend had broken up with me and all that, but I, I really wanted to learn about Africa. I'd seen a lot of issues you know, AIDS and other things. Like I just had heard a lot about Africa. I wanted to learn more about it. And I kind of went in almost with a project focus. You know, I wanted to learn about this. I wanted to learn about that. And, but when I got there and when I was living there with the kids every day, uh, it really changed from a project to, to a, a friendship. You know, the, the kids weren't just a, a project or 
something I read in a book or something I saw online, you know, uh, these were my friends, like, and I was humbled and honored to be friends with them. They, they were amazing kids and they really accepted me. And so they really became my friends. And, and so when I kind of got back, my motivation, it really was just, I wanted to help my friends, yeah. you know, just, just yeah. the way that people would help their friends who mm -hmm. live down the street or friends from yeah. school or, or help their family. You know, it just, it's just what you do. And, and so that really, that really, as I look back, really kept me going. I, I knew I couldn't do everything for them and that the life really, really is tough for them. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't do everything, but I felt like there is power in small things and even a small thing could make a big difference. And I saw the negative effects of not having shoes or having shoes that didn't fit or that were broken. I saw how that was, was hurting their lives in education, in health, in confidence. And I just thought if I can make a better shoe for my friends, um, that'll help them. I, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I looked online, I didn't see anything else like that out there. I, I, I looked for a while to see if there was another growing shoe and, and there really wasn't. Um, and so I just thought I, I, I could, I could try, mm -hmm. I could try to make that so that life could be a little bit better for, for my friends. And that really kept me motivated. I just, I just, they were my friends and I wanted to help. Amazing, amazing. And so now you have a team of people in the not-for-profit company. Well, it's, it's kind of half-half. So why Because International? Like, what, what's the spark that name? Yeah, so it was actually one of the, um, one of the moments uh, during the beginning of those six years when I was really trying to think, is this worth it? You know, do I have enough time and energy to, to try to jump into this? Because um, I'm kind of an all-or-nothing guy. If I, if I make a decision, I, I go for it. But I, I want to be mindful of those decisions. So, I, again, I was kind of journaling. I like to journal. And I, I caught myself. I had written all these lists of, you know, pro and con. And, you know, here's, here's reasons why I should jump in and try to, try to explore this project. And here's reasons why I maybe should just, you know, just, just not, not, not jump in with it. And essentially, I had so many more reasons to to try to help and to try to pursue a growing shoe and as i looked at it all the reasons started with this word because you know because these kids are my friends because it could make a big difference for them because you know they you know they don't have consistent donations of shoes because like all these reasons started with the word because and so as my friends and i wanted to put some structure around what we were doing and start an organization, uh, we, we decided let's call it um, Because International. So, well, <laughs> so that's where the name came from. And, and then truly, you know, our, our mission is to leverage innovation to try to make things better. We really believe the positive cycle of innovation can fight the negative cycle of poverty. And so even early on, before we had any other ideas, we, we thought we want to be more than just the shoe that grows. Um, so let's provide a structure that can allow us to, you know, start with this first project, but work on other projects, um, other innovative products as well. And then essentially, as we've grown, we, we have an amazing team of 12 full-time people now. And as we grow, um, we've added in uh, a couple other great components of our work. So, so now we're not only getting uh, shoes to kids, but we're using the production of the shoes to bring as many jobs as we can to these areas. Um, our goal is to be producing the shoes in the places where they're being used the most. 
So we actually just um, produced a first batch of 10,000 pairs in Ethiopia at a small local factory. And yeah, we were able to bring uh, 30 full-time jobs for four months to the factory um, through the through the production of that 10,000 pairs. And uh, and so and actually, one of my friends who I first met on my first trip to Kenya, um, his name is Japheth. He's a a local Kenyan man. Uh, we hired him as a full-time member of our team, and so he manages our um, our what we call our East African shoe inventory. So he's a full-time member of our team, and he's in charge of our shoes in, in Nairobi. And, um, and so we're excited to do that more. We have a factory in Haiti working on a sample for us right now. We have a factory in India that's, uh, that we're beginning to talk to. In a few years, we'd love to be producing the shoe that grows in several world areas um, so that we can bring as many jobs as we can, so that we can cut down on the shipping costs, yeah. so that we can be you know, be using local materials, you know, things like that. Um, we're really excited to try to um, try to do that same thing with other products. So other products that we can create that can help kids, you know, once we see where they're being used, okay, how can we produce these here so that we can bring jobs? Um, we really are committed to, to trying to squeeze as much impact out of the uh, innovation that we're working with. And we're uh, really excited. Uh, as our team grows and as we um, kind of expand our vision, I'm really excited just to try to make uh, the most difference that we can. Amazing. Oh my God. It just gets better and better. Like <laughs> you're producing, you're manufacturing the shoes in that kind of like the aim is like in Ethiopia, in Nairobi. I just find that that's just, oh, you know, <laughs> you, audience, I mean, listeners, you know why I wanted Kenton on now because it's just, it's just an incredible, incredible what he's done, the invention. And what's so beautiful about it, Kenton, what I find that really draws me to the shoe that grows and because international is the fact that what you said in the beginning, that you're not an engineer, you weren't an ideas man. You were just someone who saw something and thought, well, wouldn't this be a good next step for them? And that gives hope to those non to the non-engineers, to the yeah. non-IDs. You know, just you don't have to be in Silicon Valley. You don't have to. Right. You just have to care enough to want to do something and find how I could help in that way. That's and, right. Yeah, we we like to call it the the power of small things. We yeah. we you know our shoes are small things, and uh, and yet they make a big difference. Um, they don't solve every problem. It's not a not a perfect solution, but. But I really believe even small things make a big difference. So for anybody out there, the, the, the hope is we can all do small things. You know, maybe not all of us can do big things. You know, like I'm, I'm not Bill Gates or whatever. And, mm. But everybody can do a small thing. And even if it impacts one person mm. or even if it, you know, is, is something that can, can fix a small problem, um, that matters. That's important. There is power in small things. We can all do small things. And, and if I can do it, Anybody can do it. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now, before I let you go, Kenton, I have two burning questions that I have to ask because otherwise I'm getting that feeling that I need to ask it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to respond to it. First question is the shoe that grows, what ages does that start from and how does it grow? For example, I mean, everyone's shoe size is different, so you can't really say yeah. age, but approximately. Yeah, that's a great question. So right now we have three different sizes. We have what we call a youth small and that typically fits kids ages about five to eight or nine. Uh, we have a youth large that fits kids about ages eight or nine up to 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. And then we have what we call our adult size, 
which is a, in the U.S., it's a men's size 6 to 11. So it's actually, the, it's a shoe that I wear. I, I wear a pair of our, uh, a pair of the shoe that grows every single day. I've had my, my pair on for three years now, and I just love it. Um, so essentially from a men's size 11 in, in the U.S. down to about age five, uh, we can cover uh, uh, all of that range. Wow. And then with, with our shoes in particular, they, they do grow five sizes. Uh, we pride ourselves on their durability. Uh, we use quality materials that allow the shoes to last for years. Um, again, I've worn my pair for three years, and we've had kids wearing them for three years, and, and that's just as long as they've kind of been around. So we're, <laughs> we're excited to, uh, to keep wearing them. Um, but uh, it's a great pair of shoes. We have four colors right now. We have blue, black, pink, and tan. And so that's on the shoe that grows side. Um, as we do our commercial shoes, we're actually going to have nine different size ranges um, from a toddler version about age two um, all the way up to a men's size 13. So on the commercial side, we're able to do a little bit more. Um, on the nonprofit side, we'll continue to add sizes and colors. Um, but on the commercial side, starting in July, uh, your your two year old, your toddler, could yes. get a pair of growing shoes, the expandals, um, yeah. and and uh, those adult sizes as well. Nice, excellent. Oh, that's fantastic. That is absolutely and different. I didn't even know they came in different colors. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. My second question to you is: you've mentioned quite a couple of times, three times, and I'm looking at probably how your mind's working. You probably haven't given a lot of thought to this. Kenton, so I'm just going to probably put you on the spot. Here, sure. you've, you've spoken a lot about journaling. And I want to know what is it that you do in your journaling that is allowing you to just, I guess, gravitate to what you've done so far? Because journaling has helped you along the way because you've mentioned it a few times. So what yeah. are you writing in your journal and why do you journal? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I've never been asked that question. That's, uh, <laughs> that's very interesting. Um, you know, I, I journal, I think, primarily to try to capture every thought. Uh, not that I want to capture every thought, I guess, but uh, um, just to capture the, the, the things I'm thinking, I guess. I'll say that. So um, I used to be frustrated when I would, you know, when you have a good idea or just something pops into your mind and then you just, oh, you forget it later and you're like, oh, what was that? I used to be so frustrated about that when I was growing up that I would start to walk around, uh, you know, carry like a little notebook or something. And, and now we have all, you know, our phones have great, you know, systems to do this now, but I still prefer to write um, pen and paper. But uh, yeah, that was, that was the beginning of it. I, I really wanted to capture what I was thinking, uh, uh, you know, any given day, any given time. Uh, and then especially when I was traveling, I, I knew it was, you know, I was coming off of a breakup, coming off of graduating college, kind of stepping into the, the real world for the first time. And then, and then I had never really been outside the U.S. And so going to Ecuador, going to Kenya, I just knew this was going to be a, an important time in my life. So especially then, I was journaling as I was traveling, trying to figure out, you know, what questions do I have? What am I thinking? What a, I don't know, you know, just and something to look back at later. I enjoy doing that. And then just as I continued with my life, and it's been 10 years since then, um, you know, honestly, I don't journal as much as I used to, um, but I still, all the time, I have kind of a, a, a digital, you know, way of taking notes. I am constantly writing down thoughts and notes 
Um, and, and then still at the end of the day, you know, doing a little bit of journaling. But for me, it's important to catch that inspiration, catch those thoughts. Um, even now as our team grows, it's been different thoughts that I've been trying to catch. I've been trying to catch, you know, leadership uh, thoughts that I have or culture thoughts that I have or, um, you know, just, just ways that I want our team to grow and to learn together. I've been writing, kind of noticing I've been writing down more of those things yeah. and, and kind of less about, about me. But even then for a while too, like when, just in a personal way, my journaling for a while was probably kind of like a soap opera. You know, it was a lot about my, my uh, personal relationships with, uh, with girlfriends and things. And, and now that I'm happily married, you know, I don't journal about that as much. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, it's, it's all a, it's all a journey. Um, that was, that was something for me that really worked well for, for who I am and what makes sense for me to be able to, um, be the best person I can be, I guess. Um, and it's, yeah, it looks different throughout the years, but it still is a great way that I, a great tool that I use to make sure I'm, um, kind of processing my life, uh, capturing all those thoughts and, uh, and then having something to kind of hand down later. I'm excited to give my journals, not that they'll want to read them, but I'm excited to give my journals to my kids, uh, you know, someday when I'm old and, uh, who knows, they might want to, see what dad was thinking about when he was younger. Wow, that's incredible. Kenton, I just want to say what an absolute top guy you are, what an absolute incredible mission you're on and what a gift you are for the work that you do, the work that you've created and the lives that you're changing. Thank you with all my heart. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank, thank you. And I hope that you keep up your good work as well. I, like I said, every time we can spread the word, good things happen. And so we need people to help us spread the word. We really, really appreciate the opportunity to share our story. And, and this was fun. Thank you so much. This was, this was great. <laughs> totally. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. And we'll catch you next time.